0: Hi! Thanks for tuning in to the Bacon Wire Podcast. Today, the boys and I talk about Gabe Neely's decommitment for Michigan State. We roast uh, the rivals' rankings of jerseys in the Big Ten. And then Mitch comes back on, and we don't really try to fix episode two. I kind of go ISO and destroy it for a little bit. And then we just kind of do some general pitching. Uh, so... Tune in. Here's SpartanDog97. Thanks SpartanDog97. When I'm not talking about pixels, I'm SpartanDog97. I'm joined by the boys, Lucas and Brett. What's going on guys?
1: Not much. Excited to be here. Um, It's nice to be living in the Sahara Desert now. So, just trying to get accustomed
2: to that.
0: Yeah, classic Michigan fashion. It was like 50 degrees last week and now it's now it's 90. Yeah. Like like I'm going
2: golfing on Saturday and it's supposed to be like 68 as a high compared to today. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect golf weather. I went out yesterday and you know, I don't I know I'm only like 23, but like the first, I felt old a couple times. Uh the first time was when I was coaching and I was trying to set up a drill and I was, I'm, I coach lacrosse. I coached JV lacrosse. So I was like, you know, passing is the key to everything. You know, it's like the Oh four pistons and all the kids looked at me with like a blank look because like at most they were two years old in Oh four. So I was like, Oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> 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 I'm so old, but the second time is yesterday I got up too close to the ball and swung. And I just, I tweaked my back. My back is, my lower back is like killing me right now. Oof. That's the worst. I know. I should probably just get a fucking cane or something. Were you golfing with Sully? I was, no. Sully, Sully was <laughs> not there. Um, Sully goes. Sully goes to a country club. You know, he. Mm. Yeah. That's what you get for, uh, that's what you get for licking Valenny's ass. All right. Here's, here's what's on the docket for today. Our interview with Dane Fife is live right now. If you listen to this podcast and you haven't listened to it yet, what are you doing? Yeah. I don't know what, Seriously, you know, I don't like hearing my own voice. So the fact that you're listening to, to an episode where I don't talk, the fact that you're not listening to an episode where I don't talk for most of it is pretty fucking crazy on your part. So go listen to that. Um, today we're going to talk about Gabe Neely's decommitment. Uh, <clears throat> we're going to talk about this just terrible rivals, Jersey Ugh. rankings of big 10. And then uh, Mitch is going to come back on. And then I am going to absolutely ether episode two attack of the clones. Let's let's do it. Let's fucking go. Let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> all right. So we'll start with the Neely situation. Um, Last week, you know, we kind of did our whole spiel about not tweeting at recruits and, you know, doing the – letting kids decide where they need to go, what's best for them. And then yesterday, Neely tweets out, I would like to thank Coach Tucker and the MSU coaching staff for giving – for giving me the opportunity to live out my dream of playing division one football. But at this time I will be decommitting from Michigan state university. No love lost, no interviews. Thank you. So, you know, it is what it is. You know, we kind of knew this was coming, you know, it wasn't, I don't think anyone was shocked by this decommitment. Um, you know, I'll stress it again. Don't fucking tweet at recruits fucking ever um but you know it's just there's a lot to go through and you know there's a lot of big decisions that kids have to make and not knowing when you're going to be able to play again is probably a major decision you know so much is up in the air right now and i just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on thoughts on the whole situation you know i know we kind of talked about it in depth last week
1: Yeah, I think we all kind of saw this one coming just based off of Neely's kind of uh, inactivity on Twitter. Usually he's tweeting out whether he's holding some Big Ten championship trophy or um, some Rose Bowl championship. Um, So we weren't really seeing any of that. He obviously unpinned the Michigan State tweets, changed his uh, profile picture. So I think the writing was on the wall. And then eventually, obviously, when he said, yep, I'm decommitted, it became official. I don't think it really shocked anybody we all kind of knew it was coming so just thinking back of when i was 17 and the trouble i had making a decision of where to even go out to eat with friends i can't even imagine trying to make a college decision during a global pandemic where i haven't visited a campus so i think ultimately it was just because he rushed into a decision He probably got super excited about the virtual tour and being told, hey, these are all the Spartan great defensive backs and kind of seeing himself in there and then eventually taking some more time to think about it and wanting to um, really just reopen up his process. But I I don't see him ever recommitting here.
2: No. Wasn't it a rumor that he wasn't thrilled with um, the three other DB recruits that we
0: took in after him? I mean, I'm not – I don't know that, you know, nothing's concrete. I'm not really.
2: I mean, I could see that. I mean, he's a 17 year old kid. You know, he was a very, you know, we all loved him when he recruited when he was recruited and when he committed, excuse me. And, you know, with all the trash talking he did, that's man, that's like a definitely an old takes exposed type of situation right now. But I'm not going to fault him. Am I disappointed? Like I said, I would be last week. Sure. But he's just a kid he's like i said he's making the toughest decision of his life and of course the timeline's flooded with with fuckheads going after him and are just oh it's 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 not a good look for us like do you really think that you shit talking him will make him change his mind
0: <laughs> yeah and this kind of goes this kind of goes in general right like i personally feel that you shouldn't tweet at recruits until they make a commitment announcement. Like, it's not like a kid is going to decide where to go based on how many gifts of the, team he's, the teams he's deciding between are in his mentions, you know? Like, I don't think a GIF of, I don't think the Rocket Mortgage GIF of Sparty celebrating is going to put some kid over the top versus <laughs> other schools that are recruiting him. So it's just kind of, it's yeah. weird, right? And, you know, we all wish to, all three of us, I believe other members of the bacon wire network wished him well. And, you know, I truly do wish him well, you know, it's, it going, deciding where to go to school is a tough decision. And, you know, on top of the pressure of division one football, on top of the pressure of a pandemic, I don't envy any kid who has to make this decision right now. And, you know, Neely's not the first kid to decommit and he certainly won't be the last. I feel like there's going to be, a massive flood of decommitments commitments once kids are actually able to visit campuses again. I think yeah. that's a, like I think if that's, it's,
2: if it's in like two, three weeks, we're going to see a lot of shit happening.
0: Yeah. You know, a lot of States are already open. More States are going to start opening soon and you know, it's just going to be kids are just going to flood. Kids are just going to drop like flies from other people's recruiting classes. So I don't think, I don't think anyone should be surprised that that's coming.
1: No, and I think that's especially going to be true with some of these like schools like Rutgers where they kind of just offer everybody and whoever takes a scholarship takes one. I think once kind of they're able to go visit another school and they don't have to go play for Rutgers, they're going to see like – because they're ranked I think in the top 15 right now of classes and Tennessee is kind of the same way where they've kind of racked up a bunch of recruits. So I think schools like that that have really signed like close to 20 players already – or not signed or have gotten commitments – I think those are the schools that you're going to see a ton of decommitments from.
0: Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, Spiro's an asshole, but he (laughs) makes, he makes a pretty good point. You know, it's, you know, these kids aren't coming to these, you don't know where these kids are going until they put on the uniform, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, it's just, uh, that's, that's the fun of it's, it's a double-edged sword with recruitment, right? You get excited about the potential of your team, and then you get disappointed when it doesn't pan out the way you think it should or the way, or the way you know you want it to. And you know that's just part of the the highs and lows of following a bunch of teenagers trying to publicize themselves so they can, you know, try to move to the next level after college. You know, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing, but you know, well just support Gabe wherever we go, wherever he goes. And then we'll, and then we'll go from there. Yep. All right. Let's talk about this goddamn fucking ranking thing. (laughs) So a recruiting contributor for rivals, Mike Farrell at rivals, Mike, he's going through and he's ranking the uniforms (laughs) for each team in every conference. So his top three are Michigan, Ohio State, Nebraska. Which, okay, is understandable. He's a traditionalist. He doesn't like the fancy, he doesn't like the fancy shit. Right? What does he have at number four?
2: <laughs> the worst Minnesota. in the ten. Yeah. He has Minnesota
0: he has Minnesota at number four, like the team, one of the teams who I think has gone a major rebranding. Modernization in the past few years And Mm -hmm. he picks them He picks them fourth And then he puts Iowa And then he puts Iowa Penn State, Wisconsin (laughs) And then Illinois, Purdue Indiana, MSU's at 11 (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking trash Maryland at 12, Rutgers 13 Northwestern dead last This, This list is fucking awful (laughs) Like there's no rhyme or reason to it. If he was a true, like I said, if this guy was a traditionalist, he would have U of M, Ohio state, Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn state, Indiana. And then he'd have all the, and then he'd have all the teams that take shots out in the, you know, out in the, out in the second half of the list. But the other thing too is like, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to what he's ranking. Is he ranking no. overall uniforms? Because U of M's away jerseys fucking suck. Like, yeah, I agree. Like I'm, I hate Michigan with all my heart, but
2: the home blues, not bad. Like it's a great uniform, like objectively good jersey. But yeah, the, the away yellows suck, and the away whites are Real. not great. They're just very
0: bland. Once you agree, they're just kind of blah. Look, yeah. yeah, I think I think Ohio State have the best uniforms in the Big Ten. That's just me I personally. I like the – I love the scarlet and the gray. I think yeah. it's a great – I think it's a great color combo. I think the yeah. away jerseys look nice. I think the way they use black as an accent works really well.
2: I like Iowa. I, I like Iowa's jerseys. Yeah, I like the, Iowa's,
0: yeah, Iowa's jerseys are really nice. You know, obviously I'm partial to MSU and the neons. But, you know, <laughs> Northwestern's jerseys are pretty dope. Like, I don't understand why they're dead last. Like, Maryland's are fucking dog ugly. They're horrible. I mean,
1: you look at some of these, let's – I mean, you look at Nebraska, I'm just looking at this list, you got Wisconsin, Indiana, and Rutgers. They're all very similar. They just have red and white. Like, it's nothing special. They don't do anything special. I would put those in, like, the second half of this list over here. I'll never understand the Minnesota one. It's diarrhea, like, maroon. It's horrible in yellow. I – that should be dead last. Like you said, Northwestern, they got a fire uniform. Michigan State should be top top five. I don't know. This guy, I, I don't think he really even like paid any attention to this. I think he just like rolled dice or just did some like random generator. This doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, I just I don't and like Illinois should be Illinois should be top five. I like I like the blue orange. I like the blue orange combo. It's just I, crisp. Yeah, it looks nice, you know, I think Purdue. my top five would be Ohio State, uh, Illinois, Michigan State, Purdue, Wisconsin. That would be my top five. Okay. I'm going, I'm
2: going, oh, I'm going, Ohio State, MSU, Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan, Penn State. Like that's my he- top half of the big 10. And Northwestern oh. would probably be eight or nine. It wouldn't be at 14. That's just fucking ridiculous. Maryland is the worst one on the list. It's, it's not oh, it, Maryland. It's
0: not even close. Maryland might have the worst jerseys in Power 5 football.
1: It. I mean, it's, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I can't really argue it, especially
1: like they try to put like the state flag on I the I can't think of any other
0: five. team with really shitty jerseys. They wore, they wore mid-90s throwbacks last year, and they were so good. And I don't. And I don't understand like when Pitt changed from like that nice blue and gold to that mm-hmm. ugly navy uh, and like dehydrated piss gold. Like faux Notre was, Dame, like a, like yeah. a fake Notre Dame type. Of thing. <laughs> yes. They did the same thing the Rams did, where it was like they oh, mm. they like put it in like a bleak machine. Don't get like me They started just saturate. That. Yeah, the Rams yeah, you want to talk about bad jerseys, the Rams aways are How is it? How fucking hard is it to go back to the
2: '80s uniforms and just
0: say that right there? Yeah, why? Why can't you just do the greatest show on turf? I don't understand why you got to get all Miami, Ohio has
2: pretty like Power Five. Yeah, Power Five. Northwestern's probably up there.
0: There's a lot of Group of
2: Five schools that don't have great jerseys. No, Mm -hmm. but the the, (laughs) the Group of Five schools
0: do a lot of gimmicky. Right.
2: What? I think like
0: Ohio
1: State and Michigan State, those are the two, like, probably most dynamic jerseys in the entire conference, just because Nikki yeah. kind of experiments with them. I, I mean, I love when Ohio State comes out with like their scarlet and gray, then they come out with the black helmets. I think are, that's, oh,
0: the black, the black, Ohio yeah, State's like, black jerseys are probably some of the oh. best alternates in all of football across all levels. I, you could pro say in all, college.
1: all in sports. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: those I, mean, are, I think. Those yeah, are an elite think, alternate. The right. worst
2: the worst alternate jersey I've ever seen is the Notre Dame New York Yankees
0: one. <laughs> Those are so fucking no question. ugly. So ugly.
2: No question. I'm I'm looking oh, up right
0: no. now. Oh with the fucking with the circle and the pit. ugh. <laughs> what a misfire.
2: Do they have it on here?
0: Oh there it is,
2: yeah. Notre, like, the, the chest and upper shoulders don't look bad, but then they just put pinstripes on the sleeves, and it looks so off-putting. I just had to mention that because that just sticks out in my head every time I think of jerseys.
1: <laughs> I mean, I love Notre Dame's, like, just original jerseys when they have, like, the super gold helmet. I mean, that always looks great, especially when they play at nighttime. Yeah. But then you throw out something, like, I, I don't know whoever approves that. I know – The Catholic Church would not approve of this. This
0: blasphemy. (laughs) I don't don't know why. uh, I don't know how hard it is to just trot out the Kelly Greens every year for the Shamrock Series. That's what I'm saying. I I just don't understand. Like, Mm -hmm. like, why are you like, like? It's like when U of M came out with those fucking bumblebee uniforms. Like, why are you like, why are you fucking with tradition? What what game do they wear those at? Wasn't it MSU? Uh, They wore them for MSU, and then they wore them in the Outback Bowl when. yeah, when, when Vincent, Clowney, when Vincent, when Clowney decapitated that running back,
2: they wore him in the Molon Lob game when when MSU debuted the pro combats in 2011. Oh because yeah, because Michigan State fans were throwing, or I mean, Michigan, Michigan State unveiled their jersey, and then Michigan was like, "Well, here's ours." Yeah, and oh boy, yeah, I, th- that was the bumblebee jerseys. I'm pretty sure
0: that one yep. and like the weird. M, like the fractal M like Yep. Those ones are pissed, just
2: Yeah. It was. Yeah, and they had they had the the you know, they're obviously their winged helmets, but they had numbers on the sides and it just looks so it looks like someone went to Ace Hardware before the game and Sharpie in yellow and just stamped the stickers on their helmets. It just looks so out of place compared to the rest of the uniform, which looks like dog shit too.
0: Yeah, I just, you know, you you just don't – when you have, like, a classic a classic uniform like Michigan, like Notre Dame, like Ohio State, like Nebraska, you don't fuck with it that much. Like, Nebraska will trot out the black shirt alternates, which are kind of dope. I love
1: those. I love those.
0: Every once in a while, and those are fine. But, like, I don't understand, like – I don't understand why you got to, like, try to reinvent the wheel here. You know, I, I don't get it. It's it's for recruits. They they think all oh, the recruits are going to love these sick jerseys,
2: and I'm sure they do, but there's probably a lot of recruits who are like, hey, you know, I like your other jerseys just as just as well as the other as what you would do that's new. Except the neons. The neons should be kept forever. Mm, I want to see an all black. I want to see a black type of uniform. I think it's coming.
1: Mm-hmm. That and then Gruff Sparty. Those are like my two requests.
2: Yeah, I would – it would be the Winnie the Pooh meme where his spirit goes out of his body. <laughs> Tucker could go
0: see a, a gruff Sparty jersey or helmet. I, Tuck, I Tucker could go one and 11 next year, but if they're doing it in black jerseys and gruff Sparty, then mm-hmm. I'll. It's worth it. It'll be worth it.
1: Yeah, as long as the one victory is versus Michigan.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. that's too. But you know, <laughs> while we wear our black gruff Sparty uniforms. All right. That's all, the, that's all the Michigan State-related content we have right now. Now, let's have Mitch on, and let's roast Attack of the Clones. All right, we're back. Fellas, I don't like sand. It's coarse. It's rough. It's irritating. And it gets everywhere. Mitch is back with us. And we're here to talk about Attack of the Clones. And, gentlemen, if I may, I would like to go ISO for a few minutes. If that's for all right. with your it. We're waving, permission. waving you off. All right, yep. All right, clear the lane. Daddy's going ISO. <laughs> I said last week when we talked about Phantom Menace that a tear-down page one rewrite of this movie, I don't think – I didn't think was necessary. I thought that with a few tweaks here and there, there's a really good movie in there somewhere that can really do justice to George's vision while still being a competently made film. This piece of shit, however, should be torn asunder, have his ashes pissed on, collected, and thrown into a, the smelliest fucking dump you can ever imagine. I fucking hated this movie. And I'll tell And I didn't even finish it. I, I cut out with 20 minutes left. All the cool shit at the end, I didn't even watch because I was so fed up. So, because you made Anakin nine years old, you then had to jump forward in time 10 fucking years. So you miss out on building the Obi-Wan-Anakin relationship and we're just supposed to take their word for it that they're good friends. We don't see any of it. And in the Clone Wars, we do. The Clone Wars does fix a lot of the prequel trilogy's issues. But I shouldn't have to watch seven seasons of a fucking animated series in order to get more context for, the fuck, for a fucking trilogy. I just shouldn't, I shouldn't have to sit there and watch fucking people do impressions of actors. I already know. So I can go, Oh, that's what they were talking about in that throwaway line in episode three. I don't give a fuck. Just fucking give it to me in the movie. And then. We're supposed to believe that these guys are like brothers, right? They're tight. They have a tight bond. And then you split them up for the whole second act. The entire second act. And it's so inconsistent character-wise. So inconsistent. Obi-Wan is telling Anakin to practice patience and be calm and be rational. And then 30 seconds later, he's diving out a fucking window, holding onto a fucking droid. What the fuck? I don't. Wh- why couldn't you have Anakin do it? And Obi Wan hates flying now. What? That was like when they had Marty. That's when they like edited the Marty call. Don't call Marty chicken thing. And Back to the Future. It makes no sense. And it's barely brought up again. I don't understand why Obi Wan has to hate flying. What? Why does Obi Wan hate flying? I. <laughs> and then. You have to stop the movie every five minutes so fucking Anakin and Padme can do a community theater production of Romeo and Juliet? I, what? Like you sent Obi-Wan out on this fucking Humphrey Bogart crime noir to find out who the fuck is paying for this clone army and then cut back and then Anakin's like, I love you. And Padme's like, we shouldn't be together, but I love you. Like, what the fuck? And then you have Anakin commit genocide? Like, I get it, right? It's supposed to be a foreshadowing moment, but he doesn't need to commit genocide. Like, that was, like, way too serious of an escalation. Oh, and he's also, like, pro-fascism now, too? Like, what the fuck? I, this movie fucking sucks. I hate this movie so goddamn much. It is so frustrating to watch. It, the dialogue is so bad. There's no physical sets. Phantom Menace had a few physical sense. Everything's blue screen. So, and two thirds of the characters are CGI. So you don't see fucking the characters. Like they don't look like they're there. It looks like a bad, like, you know, those karaoke places that are in malls where you can like go sing, like, I don't know, fucking, I get knocked down and like there's a green screen on the back and it'll show like stock footage of a party or whatever. That's what it looks like. Like it doesn't look like anything's there. And that's not a limit. And that's not a technological limitation. That's just, it's lazy. I just don't, I don't get it. I just don't understand why this movie existed in the way that it did. <sighs> You good? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. It's like that, a Valenny's rant
1: about Notre Dame. Pucker Pucker that Pucker was That
2: was that was fantastic. I said I'd do five minutes. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll let someone else talk about this. I'm like, Mitch, go ahead. I'm I'm reading the Wikipedia. I said to myself I'd watch it this weekend. It didn't fucking happen. Cassie was like, "You're not gonna watch it again. she, she said, you're fucking you you hate that movie. I'm like, did I and then i then I remembered all the shit about it, and I'm like, yeah I, I guess I did hate it, so I gotta catch up on it, so Mitch, go ahead
1: uh brett did you did you get a chance to watch it? No, I did not. I actually watched I would... six, but okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, based off some of these comments here, um <laughs> I'm not too exactly uh Thrilled or excited to watch it, but I will definitely um, watch it and see if my thoughts echo uh, Spartan Dog 97's here.
3: Yeah, I mean, so like, I just, you know, like you said, there's just so many holes in it and so many things that, like, you just have to take it face value until they made the Clone Wars series and it fills in, like, a ton of blanks and, and shows the relationship between Obi Wan and and anakin and shows the building of the relationship with padman anakin and it's just like clone wars does such a better job than the series does such a better job than the movie than doing anything and then like you know talking about obi-wan hating flying yet he's flying he's literally jumping through a window to hold on to a drone for 30 minutes like it just doesn't it makes no sense there's just so many inconsistencies
0: Yeah, Can we talk about um, this whole So the movie begins And there's an assassination attempt on Padme Who After serving her term as queen Is appointed To the Galactic Senate I don't have any fucking idea How government is supposed to work In Star Wars and I don't think George does either Because You have a 14 year old queen Who was elected And then when her term is up, she just walks away from being queen. And then she's like appointed a senator. She's appointed a senator. Like, I just don't understand.
3: Yeah, she had had to take over for now, you know, emperor, you know, or what was he, supreme ruler at that point, whatever they wanted to call him. Chancellor,
0: I think, is the. Yeah, uh, yeah,
3: Chancellor. Yeah, Chancellor Pelton. Yeah. Um,. Because he's also from Naboo.
0: So, so so there's an assassination attempt, basically a car bomb goes off, which, okay. Um, Then, so we don't know who's behind it, right? They think it's, you know, some spice miner, which isn't spice a drug in Star Wars like I It can toys- be used for a bunch of different things but
3: yeah it's it's yeah it's an illicit drug. They never really fully get into it even in Clone Wars. They're just like spice runners are bad and you have to accept it.
0: Okay. So so then who so then, you know, we can assume that it's Palpatine, right? Who's trying to assassinate Padme. Palpatine hires We can't
3: I, we we can't in we can't really in 2 much,
0: yeah. Right, like
3: we know because we've seen it all, but in two, right. you're just kind of like right. doing this.
0: So whoever, so whoever is trying to assassinate Padme hires a bounty hunter, who then like
3: gets hires a bounty a, hunter
0: who hires a bounty hunter. <laughs> Who then yeah. uses these fucking worms
3: to After the bite. yeah. After the yeah. bomb didn't work.
0: Right. The
3: the first bounty hunter gave the second bounty hunter <laughs> poison worms.
0: Instead of just, you know, maybe just like oh. blowing blowing up, throwing a bomb wherever she's sleeping. Like I just don't understand. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, and like she could have easily used the exact same drone that cut a hole in the window and let the worms in to drop a bomb.
0: Yeah, and like the and like Anakin and Obi Wan wouldn't have been able to done shit. Yes, yeah. but whatever. You need to do a movie. So then the council has her hide out on her home planet. Like I'm not sure. Like what? I'm not sure what the thinking is there. Is it because like, it's so obvious, like no one's going to think that she's there, but like, she's like the most famous person on Naboo. So you're just going to have the most faint. That would be like hiding. That would be like hiding Leonardo DiCaprio with the Hollywood sign. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) And then no other attempt is made on her life. Like, it's just, it's just dropped because Representative Jar Jar Banks makes the deciding vote to activate the clone army. <laughs> and these all-powerful beings... Oh, Jesus Christ. These all-powerful <laughs> beings who are connected to this, who are connected to this, who are connected to the Force and can move shit with their minds and tell the future and do this and do all this shit, can't figure out... <laughs>
3: That the the chancellor
0: who who placed a vote of no confidence in the last chancellor so he could gain chancellorship is vying for emergency war powers Mm -hmm. might be a fucking Sith Lord. How do you... The dark side obscures everything. The dark side obscures that they just granted some motherfucker... They were
2: fucking stupid. In the war powers.
0: That was my favorite part of Last Jedi, by the way, when Luke just roasts the Jedi Council. They were fucking dumb. (laughs) (laughs) They were just like, we can't see anything. What do you mean you can't see anything? You didn't see. You didn't see Palpatine get granted emergency war powers. Like that doesn't end well for anybody ever. Across, you know. Well, wasn't didn't Padme talk about it after?
2: Or before it happened like they're gonna give him war powers or emergency yeah. powers wasn't she the one yeah. that was, like a little she was gonna that be the, dis,
0: she was gonna be the deciding yeah. votes for it to fail
3: yeah and um i can't it, it must have been three and this is how democracy dies to thunderous applause like
2: yeah yeah right. that's right spoiler alert for it yeah, that's no, no problem <laughs> three, three is worth watching though for sure this, yeah three is good. three is good um i was 15 when this came out i know it's really old to you guys um so i was 12 all right oh no okay. wait you said 15 i was 10. I, I was 15 and okay no not, okay, not bad um spartan fan was 50
0: <laughs> yeah, had to get permission to sign out of the old folks home to go watch it. <laughs> um, they went on a field trip. They loaded them all in the. They loaded them all on the bus.
1: The matinee show. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: oh, 9 a.m. show. So you know, I I was a little older, obviously, from when I saw episode one, and I, even then, I didn't watch episode one much after it came out. I just watched the original trilogy, and when this movie came out. I went with a couple friends from middle school. Like, you know, we all decided to go see it when it came out. I think it came out on a Thursday. I'm pretty sure it did. Like, just a weird time. came out on a Thursday, and we went after school. And what was crazy was we were the only people in the theater for a Star Wars movie, which threw me off. And I know it was a Thursday, but, you know, still like a Star Wars movie you think would draw everyone in. And I had just the most – meh, meh, reaction to this movie. I could not, I just was thinking, man, Star Wars is kind of sucking balls right now, you know, in my head. Like, this is kind of not good. And it just feels like this really shitty written soap opera with politics mixed in again. And that's what the problem with episode one was. Too much politics are talked about, like trade and all that. I don't want to see that shit. It's okay to mention it if it's central to plot, which it may be, but I really didn't care that much. And, you know, I'm a mama's boy too, but man, when Anakin finds his mom dead, or basically dead, she dies in his arms. But that scene is just like there. It's just, he shows up and she goes, any, any, and then boom, she's gone. And you're supposed to feel something, which I get. And you, you know, you kind of do a little bit, but, I was just sitting the theater going, "What the
0: fuck is this?" And then he, and then he commits a light. Oh my! Shout God. out to George Bluth, light <laughs> genocide. <laughs> I may have, I, Michael. I may have committed some light genocide. <laughs> <laughs> just, just that whole tribe of the fucking Tuscan Raiders, and
2: you know. And then at the end, you know, I, I thought it was just so funny how Padme was apprehensive to be with Anakin, but then when they get kidnapped by Jango and they're in that, you know, it's, it's, it's like, uh, they're going out to that gladiator arena where to fight those monsters. And she just, all of a sudden is like, I love you. I want to be with you forever.
0: After, after you told me that you were a fascist who committed genocide.
2: And because he also, remember he said he wants to fight, he will make sure the ones he loves don't die. And it's like, if you're saying, I mean, I understand you're upset because your mother just passed away in your arms, but that's pretty scary stuff to say. You know, can, you don't think you, the Jedi are pretty fucking stupid. You think they have a way to, to prevent death?
0: Can I, can I roast, can I roast the script for a second?
2: For oh, a second? Do.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's so, it's so poorly written. Like it's just like all these people are good actors and like Natalie Portman has an Oscar. Hayden Christensen is pretty good in other movies. You know, Ewan McGregor is is fucking awesome in Train Spotting, and he's the best part of Birds of Prey. You know, we all know how good Samuel L. Jackson is.
3: Yeah. You know. Doesn't drop one
2: motherfucker.
0: Nope, not one not even like not even like an infinity war like motherfuck like nothing. That <laughs> would have been great when he gets <laughs> <laughs> <he's blown away. laughs> motherfucker I I just don't like it's so George is oh this is we talked about it last week with Phantom Menace is like George always had a problem with dialogue. But I mean Oh my God, it was like he doubled down. It was like, hey, here's a val- here's a very valid criticism of your work, and then he was like, oh yeah, fuck you, I'm gonna make George Jar, Jar the deciding vote. Oh, and also, Anakin and Padme are gonna have long soliloquies that stop the movie dead in its tracks every ten minutes.
2: Don't don't forget these bangers written by George Lucas. I I, I googled <laughs> worst lines from Attack of the Clones. I've been dying a little bit each day since you came back into my life. And then, which isn't horrible, but then this one's weird, like, without context. Annie, my goodness, you've grown. Anakin, so have you, grown more beautiful, for a senator, I mean. And here's the creepy, <laughs> Annie, you'll always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. Whew.
3: And then so, ten minutes later, and then ten minutes later, they're trying not to bang. I
2: I think our lives are about to be destroyed anyway. I truly, deeply love you, and before we die, I want you to know. Uh, it's... that's what bugs the shit out of me with this movie. Just it, it it all. The the root of this all would would have been saved if George Lucas just had some supervision, someone with him like Kazdan, Lawrence yeah. Kazdan. But, yeah. you know, the, he paid for all these movies, so it's, like we said really? last week, it's really hard for Fox to really have as much input as I'm sure they really wanted to be after seeing this. I'm, I would have loved to have had a camera facing all the Fox executives watching this movie and, like, the sand part. They're all just like, huh.
0: Like, writing. No, everyone writes notes down about that part. You know, what, you know what's super interesting is that, you know, Jeff Lowe – host of lights camera barstool brings this up all the time. Come on the pod, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, if you're listening, come on the pod. Um There is a like making of documentary for episode 1. And in mm-hmm. in the documentary there they get to a point where they're watching a I don't know like a I don't know if it's the final cut. I think it's um I I think it's like a like a pre like before all the visual it's like a, not the final cut, but it's a pretty it's pretty late in the game to where they obviously couldn't change anything. And you could see like it's interesting because the camera is fixed on George and you can watch him squirm in his seat as he's watching this as he's watching the movie unfold. And at the end he makes a comment like, yeah, that wasn't uh, you know, that could have, that could have worked out differently. And it's just so interesting that the thing he took away from episode one was like, I need more politics. I need longer. I need my characters to have longer dialogue and yep. I need, I need more blue screen <laughs> when he should have taken away okay, I might need someone to help me write. I'm not saying turn the script over to, you know, cast him, but, you know, co-write it with him. You know, I said this, George, George works his best when he acts, when he's kind of like a director slash executive producer. You know, when he oversees the visual effects stuff, because that's obviously... What he's interested in He's obviously interested in the special effects side of things And he doesn't really have The touch that You know some of his Some of his contemporaries Like Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg Or Brian De Palma Have with actors He just doesn't have it But he has an incredible visual eye Mm -hmm. And he just He makes the impossible possible It's just, this movie is so mind blowing and like, I can't even enjoy, and it's not enjoyable. Like other bad movies, right? Like the room, the room's enjoyable. Like it's not, it's a terrible fucking movie, but it's enjoyable because it's just so over the top ridiculous here. There's enough to kind of like, it doesn't go all out. And that's what frustrates me the most is that it's, it's, like, so – it's well done in some places, and it's just, like, completely just fumbled. The bag – He f- George Lucas fumbled the bag with this one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just – how this thing has a – how this thing has a fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, I'll never fucking understand. Spam voting, for sure, before they locked it. No, and, it's from critics. Oh, it has a sixty-five percent from critics. Yikes! I
2: mean, I I totally forgot about Christopher Lee, Count Dooku, being in it. Like one of the best character actors I've ever seen in a movie, and his iconic voice and his just amazing presence when he's on the screen. I wonder what he felt reading this script. But you know, everyone wants to be in a Star Wars movie, or most people do. But I totally forgot how how, how they wasted Christopher Lee, except for the fight against Yoda. That was a good. That was the only really good part of the movie was the fight between him and Yoda. Want, we wanted to see Yoda with a lightsaber forever, and he, we got it.
3: You you want to talk about wasting a character? The biggest waste of a character in all of Star Wars is probably Darth Maul. Yeah. The movies, anyway. They do yeah. a really good job of them in Clone Wars.
2: I I'm watching Clone Wars. I haven't gotten that far, but I mean... The LCB guys recap it, so I kind of get spoiled stuff by being on their subreddit. And I'm, like, itching to get that far. Like, I can't fucking wait to get to that stuff. Especially when, like, they said it's kind of a tie-in to episode three. So that, that, that I can't wait for. Darth yeah. Maul was so cool. I, of, I love Darth Maul.
0: Some of the best parts that. of the original trilogy are the things Lucas wasn't able to go back and change later. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like... Like, I know is such an iconic scene, you know? And that's all it could have taken to, like, develop Anakin and Padme's relationship. And instead, he opts for this weird star-crossed lovers thing. And there's, there's one line in this movie that isn't a complete disaster that doesn't feel out of place or corny or hammy it's i have it written down here hold on let me find it but it's when anakin and padme are on the transport to naboo they're they're acting as refugees and they're you know they're sitting down at a table and padme asks him about jedi being forbidden to you know aren't jedi Forbidden to get married or have children Or love or whatever And Anakin Says this isn't a perfect Like this isn't a perfect telestration But he says something like There are all rules Attachment is forbidden Attachment is forbidden Possession is forbidden But being a Jedi requires compassion Which I define as unconditional love For everybody Right. And, and that's an interesting That's an interesting perspective On religious dogma And one that probably could have set up One that if you scheduled the movie Around that idea That Anakin views compassion As unconditional love That could help better explain his fall Right? He loves everyone so much He doesn't want anyone to die So he has to turn to the dark side In order to do it But instead you make him a whiny little bitch Like there's parts where he's like when they're in Padme's room or whatever and she's packing. And he's like, yeah, being a Jedi's pretty wizard or whatever. And he's like, yeah, I really like Obi-Wan. You know, he's a great mentor. But he's judgy and he ill-tempered and he doesn't get it. Like, he just like...
2: Obi-Wan just, doesn't understand.
0: Yeah, he just turns so... It's such a weird choice. And... It's a little more it's a little more I have a little more understanding now now that I know that the only directions he was getting were better faster better faster better faster. That explains a lot of the acting in this movie. Because George is just in there going better faster, better faster, better, faster. You know, he doesn't it's I fucking hate this movie so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I,
2: I watched episode nine. Fucking hated it. I rewatched it when I bought it.
3: Seven through nine suck.
2: Think not, pal. I'm one of them.
0: But we're going to get there. See, but Seven... I said this, I said this in a group chat. Seven had to be safe because of these movies. If George had just done what he should have done in the first place and gave Kazdin. Gave Kazden a co writing credit and helped him and have Kazan help him punch up the human elements of this story while George focused on the special effects elements. Seven didn't have to be a new hope rehash because they wouldn't have need to reestablish trust with the fans. So they're just
3: there's just I, like I, there's so many questions left unanswered between yeah. like the original trilogy and then the sequel trilogy, just like so many things. And then once you get to nine, I I don't want to spoil it for Brett. But once you get to nine, you're just like, all right, how did that happen? And they like kind of explain it, but they don't.
2: <laughs> Brett, episode nine is like a greatest hits compilation. Okay, like, <laughs> like you get all the you get all the all the the characters that you want to see. You get them for the most part. But, you know, like a greatest hit CD, it's it's only good for a certain... It's only good for a little bit of time. And you kind of want to go back to the good old days. And, I mean, I'm one of the few people who loves Episode Eight a lot. And I know we'll get to that one in due time. But mm-hmm. I, when when the time comes, I'm going to put my gloves up for that movie.
3: I'm going to have to
2: it's, watch it. But...
3: The, the problem... The problem... One of the problems with me in eight, anyway, is just I. And I know we talk about it again later, but they bring out this new, you know, brand new character. She's like, oh know, yeah, really important. Yeah, you know, she's really important. And then in nine, they're just like, she's, she's not. I, does she have a line? Is she even in the movie?
0: She. She was in it. Well, okay. not like, nine but, is like nine is like we're so sorry. We're so sorry. Please stop. Please, please, <laughs> please, please. Do you remember Palpatine? Well guess what? He's
2: back. Do you remember Luke Skywalker? He's in it too. <laughs> Star Wars, episode nine. <laughs> that's what it's, it's really probably. just six
3: all over again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exact uh, Yeah. So that's my uh that's my that's my reign on episode two. I I really don't have anything else to say about this piece of shit. I but, fucking Fuck this movie!
2: Like my final thoughts, I thought this was a bad movie. I still think it is, and I thought episode nine was worse. But after watching nine a couple weeks ago, and then watching or then reading the Wikipedia again, and all the bad memories coming back from episode two, it I agree with you, Sparno. It is the worst Star Wars movie, and it's really not that close in my mind.
0: It yeah, there's no. There's no debating that. It's it, not entertaining. No, at least nine has some enjoyable parts. Oh and, yeah, some great parts. Yeah, and this movie, there's nothing redeeming about this film at all. At all. No. So it's, so how, you know, how would, I don't even know how we would, I don't even know how I would fix it. How, would I, how I would propose to fix it. You know, I just don't. Like, I can't even think. Like, that's how...
2: I mean, you can't fix it in its current state, but if you just rewound time and talk to Lawrence Kasdan after episode one saying, hey, please help me with the next two. I think it would have been... Like I said, if these, if these, if this prequel trilogy was really, really good... Who knows? I mean, they could have been three of the highest grossing movies ever made. And we might have this alternate future where Fox isn't bought by Disney, where they're still on their own pumping out Star Wars movies. Because that was part of the sale with uh, Lucasfilm was Disney had to at least listen to his pitch for the next trilogy, if I I remember correctly. And I, I know there's still a part of George Lucas that hates that he did it wishes it didn't go to that that avenue.
3: Uh, I'm not I'm not going to be upset that Disney bought Fox because now no. I get X-Men in the
2: MCU. So It's going to be <laughs> a few more years, but it's going to be fucking awesome when it happens.
0: Mitch, let me oh, ask you yeah. this. Of when they recast Wolverine, who do you want? Ooh, yeah. I know I know Taron Egerton gets his name thrown around a lot associated with
3: that. I just I don't Hugh Jackman was just legend legendary. I mean yeah. like they're I don't think they could have found a better actor so I don't really know how. Right. You uh I, yeah, I have no clue. Uh let me put it this way, no matter who they get, who no matter who they get,
0: everyone's going to hate it.
2: Right, it's going to be like Heath Ledger when he was cast as a Joker everyone's going to fucking
0: think, hate it. I think they need to lean into the comic origins of the character a little bit and make him a short stubby little asshole. So Danny DeVito. Yeah, <laughs> not quite Danny DeVito. Jonah Hill? Oh, god. That wouldn't that wouldn't be oh. it wouldn't be bad, I don't think. They need Seth so Rogen Rogan has the beard. Yeah, I you know I think
3: if they
1: he does the laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm Wolverine. <laughs> I'm gonna smoke this joint, bub. <laughs> but no, I think oh. if they went, you know, I don't think I don't think Egerton would be bad. I think no. he's, I loved Rocket Man. He's probably yeah. the best part of the Kingsman movies. Not who yeah, I thought great. would be uh, in consideration, but he's he's the next rumored one. And I was watching, you know how Wired does those autocomplete interviews with people where they like they're like, what is, you know, this person from? And they like peel the stickers away on like their top Google search results. They did one for Daniel Radcliffe, and that's where I I learned. literally
3: I'm literally looking that up. I'm I'm looking at list two and he's right
0: on there. I'm I'm, (laughs) God and I guess that like he's connected uh, to the MC, I guess like people want him to play Wolverine. Uh, that no. would be. No. He is, Harry,
3: he is no. Harry Potter. No.
1: I agree.
0: I want to check like, out. No. I want to, ch- you know, hmm. his post Harry Potter career has actually been pretty interesting. He's kind yeah. of, he's kind of taken the Robert Pattinson round and done a lot of cool, strange I indies. Um, I want to check out Guns Akimbo. I'm waiting for that to maybe hit a streaming service because I heard I I heard that movie's batshit insane. That's the one where you get the famous internet meme of Daniel Radcliffe holding guns like in a bathrobe, like in the middle of the street.
2: Mark Millar, the creator of Kick-Ass and Kingsman, like said some he, he it's some tweet from last year, but. It's like I always remember, I'm never wrong. P.S. Taron Egerton will be the next Wolverine. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it. I think no. he definitely has the potential to do a really good job. I like, I could
0: see it really, really can see it now. I think yeah. the key, I think the key to a good MCU X-Men film is gonna be what they do with Cyclops.
2: Yeah, because do make him a simp for um, Jean Grey like they did in the brian singer trilogy
0: well he's kind of that way in the comics too but he's a lot more he's got a lot more leadership in him than he did in the other movies in the singer movies so i think you know Hmm. i think him and whoever they you know if you guys think if you guys think logan's irreplaceable Wait until they like recast Professor X. Like that's gonna be mm, ooh, that's gonna be impossible.
2: That would be do a whole pot about recasting the X Men. That'd be pretty cool. It, yeah. To
3: be honest, I I think it's almost easier to recast Xavier than it is because they already did it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know, and he's and he and he's good.
2: Yeah, he was James McAvoy was great.
0: I think yeah. I think if you I think if you use Deadpool as the back door to get the X-Men in the MCU, I think you can keep the parts about the new X-Men movies that are good. Right. Just, just well, like,
3: just have Ryan Reynolds and Disney beg Hugh Jackman until he, until he can't say no.
0: Well,
2: beg. there's a rumor that Disney's not moving forward with any Deadpool movies. Like, that's, a, that's what the creator of Deadpool said, Rob Liefeld said a couple months ago, like there's no traction on a Deadpool 3. He's like, I'm pretty sure it's just Deadpool one and two. Which is a shame. I think Disney should let it go because it came out of nowhere and it was an insanely smash hit and I'm sure revived Fantastic. In, in a dormant X Men
0: franchise. I don't think yeah. I don't think that's true. I think I don't either, but it's disheartening to hear that. I would say that Liefeld isn't exactly privy to those conversations. Right. Seeing as you know he might, oh, yeah. be, he you know I doubt that he's the one they're talking to. You know I think Reynolds. Yeah, I think that they would like to keep Ryan Reynolds happy, seeing as seeing as how he's a very marketable star, and he he has you know,
2: insane passion for it too.
0: Yeah, I can't think that it. I you think can't that can't if Disney like that, Brett, I think that if Disney and Marvel Studios were just planning on letting on letting Deadpool rot. He would have said something by now. Yeah, he would have. He, or, I if mean, he felt, or if he felt, or if he that that something. was. Uh, I know, I know,
3: you guys aren't big Fortnite guys, but like, there was a whole Deadpool storyline in Fortnite this Fortnite oh, season, right. and like, and like, he still like, he got to unlock the Deadpool skin and and his like demasked uh skin, so like, you see his face and. Um, hmm. There, there's like another different variation of it that uh, relates to the comics that I can't think about and like the supply drops that dropped in Fortnite are still Deadpool themed like he comes down and he's in his in his Deadpool costume and he has a chimichanga in his hand <laughs> like so like if they were going to let it die like I don't think they would have bothered putting it in a, a huge <clears throat> game like Fortnite
2: The the way it should be done is, and I think, I would hope it would have been done this way before all this, you know, real life shit happened, would be, like, making Deadpool 3 for, like, a 2021 release, like, a summer 2021, and then, like, near the very end, like, he opens the door, and all of a sudden, the new X-Men are there. Like, that'd be a fucking insane way to introduce, like, the new cast, or, like, have the new Wolverine sitting in, like, a chair or some shit at Xavier's Academy.
0: Yeah, you know, I just think, I think the easiest way to introduce the X-Men to the MCU is through Deadpool, just because, like, it's, it's already, already established. Yeah, he already, yeah. like, he's already this meta, who who is aware of his surroundings. So, like, that would just seem, seem to me to be the easiest thing. I think that they're a little bit of... I just think they're a little far off. I think they want to, you know, I don't think their priority is with the Fox properties right now. Well, yeah. they
2: they saw Dark Phoenix and were like, yeah, we need to cool off. Yeah, for like five I years.
0: think I think they're going to let X Men sit for a little bit. But I, I think, think 2023 is when it's going to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't that's be surprised. Prediction. I wouldn't be surprised if if they introduce Fantastic Four in the next Spider Man movie. That's my hmm. personal. That's my. Oh man, it's my thing. I think that, you know, it. I think that um, that maybe Reed Richards buys the Avengers Tower and it's the Baxter Building now, or, you know, something like that, or it's Oscorp. I think that's probably what they're going to end up doing. Right.
2: And, well, wasn't there a rumor that Deadpool was going to show up in Spider Man Three?
0: Yeah, there was a rumor. Yeah,
2: I don't think I, it's going to happen, but it could. It, I could see it. I think. I think him and
0: Tom Holland would be hilarious in in a movie. I thought yes. it would have been funny if they did a post-credit scene for Endgame where he shows up to the he shows up to the ruins of the complex and he keeps going like what the fuck happened? And like <laughs> his mouth keeps getting blurted out with mouse ears and he goes, "What the fuck? What the <laughs>
2: like or like he shows up and he has like fast food or something. "Hey guys, I got some what the fuck happened?" <laughs> 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 He's dust
0: all over the place like Oh. This is a hell of a party. <laughs> All right. So let's oh you know, that that was our um that was us professing our love for Attack of the Clones. Mitch, thanks for joining us.
3: And I'm wrong.
0: uh we're you're coming back next week to do Revenge of the Sith.
3: Three. Sounds good.
0: All right. Sounds good. Sounds good Sounds good.
3: good. Yeah, sounds fantastic. It's
2: our that's our clacker. Just sounds good.
0: Sounds so. good. We're doing a drunk mailbag. Oh, God. Uh, we're recording Friday. So by the time oh. you hear this, uh, you know, we're recording tomorrow. Um, there's a, we'll pin the, I'll pin the questions tweet to the Bacon Wire profile and you guys can ask us questions or leave us a voicemail. I will be buzzed. It will be a buzzed mailbag for me after after last week
2: or after last uh, time. Can't do that again for a while.
0: <laughs> the streets and we are. Got the you guys are got hot a sw- that a certain MSU podcast co-host might be joining us. Uh, we'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll keep the people updated.
3: And then yeah. next Tuesday's pod, you got a special guest.
0: Yeah, we have um, – yeah. And then yeah. next week, on top of talking about episode three, we're going to have an interview with Darian Harris, director yeah. of player engagement for Michigan State Football. So that's going to be um, a really great pod. The guests yeah. just keep rolling in for bacon wire, and we're just going to keep <laughs> – It's only upward from here. Mitch, thanks for joining us. Fellas, go green. Thank you, Mitch.
2: Go white. Go white. white. I wish that I could just wish away my
3: feelings. But I can't. I don't like sand. I don't like sand, sand, sand. That is something I know I cannot do. It's coarse and rough and here
2: everything
3: is soft and smooth.
2: I wish that I could just wish away my feelings I wish that I could just wish away sand I'm haunted by the sand in my very soul Sand, sand Are you suffering as much as I am?
0: Sand. I can't breathe Sand,
2: tormenting me sand. I'm in agony Sand, sand I don't like sand I killed them all They're dead Sand people, not just the men But the women and the children they're like animals. Same people. And I slaughter them. Every single one of them. I hate Sam. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. I feel lost.
1: I feel pain. Suffering. It's not fair. He doesn't understand.
3: You're liar. I don't want to hear anymore about Sam. You're with him. You're with Sam.
0: <laughs> to know what happened to the sand. The sand has grown strong. It It left you gone and deformed. No! No! I wish that I could just wish away my feelings. Oh, I can't. I don't like sand. I don't like sand. Sand, sand. That is something I know I
3: cannot do. It's
0: cold and raw and Here everything is soft and smooth. I wish that I could just wish away my feelings I wish that I could just wish away Sand, I sand is dirt Sand, there's
3: no Sand, sand Join me together, we can end sand. sand could destroy us Sand, sand, sand. be careful not to choke Sand, sand,
2: sand I don't like sand
3: I don't want to hear any more about Sam.
2: Sam's very,
0: very dangerous.
3: I don't want to hear any more about Sam. I don't want to hear any more about Sam. This is a rebel that surrendered to us. He was armed only with
2: this.
0: The track here and more episodes right there.
3: Now have a great day and a great night. And don't forget to wear a
0: life jacket.